0: FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah aqib Shabazz. The program is State House Happenings. Your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. How are you, my friend? Think about buying some cowboy boots. Why? What possible <laughs> reason would there be for you to need cowboy boots?
1: Go with my Blazing Saddles motif for Halloween.
0: Oh, is that what you're going as this year? Yeah, going as a sheriff. Now, you love that movie. I Awesome. Now, and, and so I, I didn't plan, plan to talk about this, but we will, I guess, start with this. We are told that that movie is now racist and awful and terrible because it makes fun of everyone and uses some coarse language. You, on the other hand, say no, no. And <laughs> are we too? We're too sensitive as a, as a society now, right?
1: Yes. Uh, as as I jokingly say, Blazing Saddles, the Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor they made the movie had a rule: you can't laugh at anybody unless you can laugh at yourself. Yeah, that's it's just that that simple. So that's why they made fun of African Americans, Jews, Native Americans, you know, Chinese, you know, the white people were actually the stupid ones in the movie. To be brutally honest with you, so yes. I don't see what people get getting, getting mad and upset about. So, and also, uh, I teach a mass media class at the University of Indianapolis, and the first thing we do at the beginning of every semester is to have my students watch the movie Blazing Saddles. Oh
0: yeah, how do you get away with that in the modern
1: era? Easy, I just do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I tell them, tell them, what if you're going to go in the media business, you got to have tough skin. Yeah. Because you're going to get hit from criticism all over the place. And number two, we asked them, this movie was made back in 1973, could you make this movie today? And some students will say no. I'll say, actually, not necessarily. I say yes, but would be on the streaming service.
0: Ah, very good. Well, speaking of- And it's like
1: the Django Unchained.
0: Oh, that's, an, that's another one that's uh, <laughs> uh, a little rough on the language. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of taking it from all sides, our old pal Diego Morales is back in the- uh, in the, What? What? You okay? I'm fine. I'm going to go making sure I thought you were gonna keel over there. No, just
1: just a segue real quick. That's uh, all. <laughs> uh
0: I'm a betrayed broadcasting professional. What can I say? <laughs> Speaking of taking it from all sides, our old friend Diego Morales is uh is back in the news, and once again there are questions emerging about his previous Lives Plural. What's going on?
1: Uh, yes, our colleague uh James Briggs uh, wrote a column uh this week, uh Indianapolis Star. Uh, asking questions about Diego's military service record, saying it was confusing.
0: Now, you, in fairness, had told me this a while ago that you thought questions were going to begin to emerge about Diego's uh, supposed time in the U.S. military.
1: Yes, because uh, in in his uh, introductory commercial that's on social media, uh, he has pictures of him in his in his uniform. Yes, and also uh, he's out like in a schoolyard, and there's a flag, and he's saluting the flag. It's Yes, it's it's very it's almost sort of Orwellian propaganda, uh-huh. propaganda ish. I mean, I see the point he's trying to make. Hey, I'm an immigrant. I came here. I served the country. I worked hard. I Got a degree. And I and I get and I understand those themes, but the commercial just the commercial just seemed to be a bit much. And he's also uh, made the claims that he's the only veteran in well, that's in, in, in the race, but it's not true because you got Destiny Scott Wells, who's who also served and served actively in, in Afghanistan. So so there there was always that. And I thought it was interesting that he would include. Pictures of him in his military uniform, but not the disclaimer that you
0: would have to have. Oh, yeah. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah. that Yep. And, and if, you, if you're going to use military images, uh, particularly of you in uniform, you have to have a disclaimer in the ad saying this is not endorsed by the military. It's, it's, it's kind of a uh, kind of, it's kind of a straight rule. Yeah. And also there's another picture with him. I want to say his National Guard outfit, but there's no insignia on the cap.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's just a straight like fatigues type. Yeah. Uniform.
1: So, so I kind of I kind of wondered about this. Like, okay, this is going to come out sooner or later, and lo and behold, uh, it has, because James Briggs asked Diego about his military service, and so they said that there, there are two forms that are out there, and, uh, and that, without getting all the weeds and confusing folks, uh, one form uh, basically tells what you did, other form tells about your time of service, and, it, and it's very confusing.
0: Yes. So here's the deal I've always said about the military service, and I thought this was interesting because Briggs' article – Basically says he got the kind of the runaround from Diego's people about the forms that he requested, the military service, etc. If you're proud of your service, right, you would tell a James Briggs or an Abdul or whoever, come on in, what would you like to see? How many forms, photos, testimonials, whatever? Can I give you? And the idea, because what's the guy's name that is like his campaign manager, Keegan Prentice, I think is his name. It's like they were almost fighting on providing the information. If it's a central part of your campaign and you're super proud of it, why wouldn't you be saying, please, come on, let's do an entire article about my military service. And instead, it seemed like Briggs got the runaround on this.
1: Exactly. And um, I want to say, uh, Diego uh, basically put on his Facebook page, he was he was an infantryman, and he served for like five years, but normally it's like eight years of service uh, in, in the National Guard, and it, it, it was just very awkward and very odd. And instead of just, first of all, you should have done it, probably should have done it in the first place, just say, hey, I served my country and just left it at that and don't really hit the veteran service, because I don't see what being a veteran has to do with the Secretary of State's office, but that's neither here. Well,
0: I want to get to that in a second. Keep going, though.
1: That's That's neither here nor there. But but you're right. If if someone's gonna if someone's gonna ask questions about my military service, I'm gonna have all my records in order. Here's here's my enlistment forms. Here's the job. I, here's my MOS, my method of, specializ- method of specialization. Here are my here are my here are, here are my honorable discharge. Yes. Papers. Here here's everything. What would you guys like to What would you guys like to see?
0: It is an interesting article though, because some people were saying because I shared the article and some people had said, "Well, don't." The Southern
1: Southwestern conservatives of Indiana. <laughs> Don't
0: don't prop up <laughs> okay. Briggs. You know he's a super liberal, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And normally I'd say that's true, but everything about this guy, this guy being Morales, seems like it's there's questions about it. There's things shrouded in some form of mystery. Like nothing is. It just seems like almost with almost everything there is some sort of big question about this guy.
1: Yes, and once again we have what uh, almost like what three weeks to go before early voting begins, another right. forty-five days and change before the actual um, election starts, and so it once again it doesn't help.
0: Right, and I, I'm trying to think from my own perspective, like you know, as someone who has run and won easily public office, um, I would think, okay, what were the things that I would put out there, and if it's a thing that I would put out there, so let's say in my case, it would be. You know, one of the things I would talk about is successes I had in elected office previously, I would tell the people, what would you like to discuss? You know, obviously, if you're going to make that a a core issue of your campaign, which he clearly has, he being Diego, his military service, why would you not say, would you like to talk for five hours, 10? I mean, I could talk about my elected office service for What do you want—a day, two days, three days? How much could I brag on myself about how great I was at this? And it seemed like when he had an opportunity to do that, I mean, he not only could have shut this whole story down, he could have turned it into, "Wow, what a great patriot this guy was for his country," even if you don't like his politics. And what he
1: also what he could have done was done the opposite, which is go hire a private investigator, go do your opposition, go do opposition research on yourself. Yeah, and go find out what's in your background. There's some things you may have totally forgotten about or there may be a question about that you weren't thinking about, but that's why it's, it's like in the movie Primary Colors where they, they hired the private investigator to go investigate Bill Clinton's bimbo eruptions, so they had a response for everything that, that came out. And so if you're Diego with, with, with his past and some questions in his history, that's one of the first things I would have done is go hire a private investigator. There are plenty of them around here. Go do the opposition research, put together a folder – and come back with everything and then have a response for basically every, yeah. every everything, whether it whether it's this, whether it was his job, whether it's uh, his tenure at the Secretary of State's office, whether some other stuff is probably coming out in a couple of weeks. I mean, and just be just be ready for just be ready to answer the hard questions that, that you know are gonna show up.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all it's all fair game when you're dealing with the person in question because no one held a gun to your head and made you run for public office. I think about it again. It's like if I decided to run again, can you imagine the heat I would get? Well, you know that, walking into it. I know I've agitated a lot of people who have a lot of money.
1: Heck, I make money selling all this stuff. To
0: be honest with you. <laughs> so I just ex- I would accept the fact of look. I have agitated and I wouldn't do any of it differently. All these people I go after, I feel deserve it. But I also understand there's a lot of people that like to see me floating in a river. You don't get to cry and plead victim if you're running for public office. Like you're and in this case, he's not running for surveyor. He's running for probably the second most important office in the state of Indiana.
1: It's like the kids who murdered their parents and asked the court for mercy because they said they were orphans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rob Kendall, and keep you, The program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Uh, talking briefly here again about uh, Diego Morales and and this article that came out in Indie Star by James Briggs, posing questions about his military service. Here's the question I have for you, because this is you're the expert. I know you're going to be doing some polling coming up here. Is this stuff just interesting and fun for us in the media? Or is it making a difference, like all of these questions, whether it's work history or, you know, the campaign car, what does this guy actually do for a living, or now the military service? You know, what is any of it making a difference, or is it just stuff for us in the media, and then when the election's cast, it's still, A, hey, 55% of the vote is straight Republican or going to go for the Republican because we're a Republican state. Does this make any difference?
1: I, I think it makes a difference in the sense that while there's, no, while, while, while there's been no one big thing, like say, Richard Murdoch and his uh, right. his response during the debate. There's been a one big thing. It's lots. It's lots of little stuff, and this little stuff adds up after a while. Now, granted, there are hardcore Republicans, hardcore Democrats who never vote for you, will always right. vote for you as long as you got a D or R by your name. Once again, though, the the fight is going to be in the in the middle. It's going to be right right there, and that and that's where in, in this environment, if I were Diego Morales, I would be worried because I haven't seen him or at least in the social media presence anyway, they're not, not, not like to give me their schedule or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, no haven't seen, I haven't <laughs> seen him engage the general public. Right, It's been going to like county fairs and Lincoln days. Yeah. These are people you should have already. And we're only like 40, you know, 45 days out and some change. So you, should, you shouldn't be talking to them. You should be talking to you know, those undecided those undecided voters. And so that's where I'm like, okay, what's what's going on with this campaign? That's why I think Destiny Scott-Wells has a shot – Um, at actually winning. Also throwing the fact too, uh, I'm I'm working on a story right now about new voter registration since the Dobbs decision. Yes. And I want to say about uh, since the May primary there have been about, I want to say forty-five, fifty thousand 50,000 new registered voters in Indiana, but almost half of them came after the Dobbs decision which once again in in close counties and close places those can really really tinker around the edge a little bit and that can actually eke a, a Destiny Wells to victory. But once again Indiana is a Republican state, and we're going, to say we're going to poll at the end of the month, so we'll we'll know.
0: Uh, and the, obviously the third side of this, and maybe, the, it, maybe at the end it's the most important side of it because of the long-term ramification, is the ballot access for the Libertarians, where if their candidate, Jeff Moore, gets 10%, they are now a primary ballot access party, which is millions of dollars in free publicity, which really does give you an opportunity to long-term. I mean, I don't think anybody's under the delusion— that Jeff Moore is probably going to win this race, but man, if he scores 15%, which I think is very doable, it's a new political landscape in the state. And the Libertarians, at least the ones that I've talked to, seem to be very confident he is going to get that 10%, which would be what is required for primary ballot access.
1: If Jeff Moore gets ten percent on election night, that is a story in Indiana.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely, and nobody's really even talking about that. Well, some of us are, uh, who want the public to be educated. Diego has still refused to debate. We've seen this across the country, where you know, in Pennsylvania, the Federman guys finally agreed to debate Dr. Oz. We've seen issues with Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Finally, they got, uh, they finally got an agreement when to debate. Do voters care about that? To me, I I would not vote for any person who would not debate their opponents. I just would absolutely not do that.
1: Um, I think it depends on how important the race is. I really do. I mean, it's one thing if you're running for, you know, Wayne Township trustee and you refuse to debate your opponent. Okay, fine, whatever. I I do think the bigger the race, the more more high-profile the race, I think it it matters, once again, around the edges because you've got people who always vote Democratic, people always vote Republican, but you've got those moderates, those independents in the middle who want to hear and see from the candidates who actually care. And if you won't debate why why give somebody a reason not to vote for
0: you i always thought this again i'm just going off my own experience which is much smaller than say a secretary of state but i loved those can, those candidate forums because or debates or you know whatever option you have any uh, opportunity you had to, to stand on a stage with the person you're running against because if your job is or your goal is to actually do the job well then when you win you walk in there and say I have a mandate. I was very clear on what I intended to do. The majority of people voted for me. There's winners, there's losers. We won. Let's get to work. I mean, I have no idea why someone running for public office would not want to stand on a stage with someone else and talk about what they intend to do if they're elected.
1: And then and the other thing I always thought was interesting about the the debate criticism is like, well you know, people don't really watch debates. It don't matter like well, I argue they do because the people who watch debates are interested. And in a low voter turnout universe, their, their votes actually become even more important than, say, in a, in a regular type of situation. So, why not take the opportunity to, to contrast you and your? opponent in front of people who you know if they're watching the debate nine out of ten times they're going to vote
0: uh one other point before we leave diego has backpedaled flip-flopped whatever word you want to use on and by the way look again people might say we're picking on the guy no one held a gun to his head and forced him to run for public office no one forced him to be an agitator when he was running in the convention nobody forced him to do any of this when you run for public office your life now i've always said i think families are off limits if they're not involved in the campaign or holding you know office in the government or being a part of stuff in the government but your life right like what you've done essentially things you've made key to your reason to vote for me totally fair game to pick apart and also
1: it's not like in in our, in our debates about Diego morales and people say we're, we're critical it's like well we're we may be critical but we're also factual I always tell people, name one thing I've said about Diego Morales yeah. that's not factual. Because usually, whether was Secretary of State's office, the the campaign car. Now, now it's his military service. Uh, him changing his opinion on early voting, saying if we wanted to go from 28 days to 14 days, now he's back to 28 days again. I mean, we're
0: not making. I'm not. We're not making this stuff up. Right. They and that's the thing. The his side, his people, his supporters, whatever. They never refute any of this. They just try to excuse it away, or they come at us. And by the way, so I did want to, before we get off this, he, he, Diego, has now flip-flopped on what was core of his campaign, really, when he was running, or one of the things that was the core of his campaign when he was running, which is I'm going to eliminate early voting from 28 days down to 14 days. I guess he was saying that because it makes it easier to commit voter fraud. I don't know exactly why that was that big a deal. Whatever, though, his campaign, his right. And now as soon as he got basically elected, nominated, whatever you want to call it, now he's back to twenty-eight days, and he the excuse that he had in Indiana Capital Chronicle was so lame. It was like, well, I talked to voters; and they didn't really, uh, they didn't really like it. So, and I talked to county kind of clerks; they didn't like it either. What were you doing the past two years while you were running for public office?
1: Some states have three weeks, some states have two weeks, some states don't have real. I get that, but then to go back and change your mind later on, in the midst of in the midst of launching Diego 2.0, which is what I called it because they basically the the the, the powers that be. We're starting to get worried about his campaign and the stuff he was doing, so they kind of took over, like, "Hey, shut up, and go back to 28, go back to 28 days." It's it, it's it's one thing to say, you know, what upon upon a reflection and, and talking to people, you know, perhaps 28 days is the right way to go, but maybe there's some other things we can do to to, to strengthen voter integrity.
0: FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall gives you boss program of statehouse happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Okay, the other big news that came out this week Jim Brainerd is has announced he will not seek re-election in terms of being mayor, running the city of Carmel. He's been there since 1996. I think this is a huge deal, Abdul, uh, deal, Abdul, easy enough for me to say, because that dude, whether you like it or you don't, he has turned Carmel into arguably the most important power player not named Indianapolis in the state of Indiana. He has built an empire out there. The population has quadrupled since he became... Mayor, he's a big time player in Indiana politics and government.
1: Uh, yes, and I know people, I know some of you like to accuse Jim Brainerd of being like a, a rhino, he's not really Republican, but you got to give Jim Brainerd credit for where Carmel was in 1996 to where Carmel is today. It's an entirely different place, entirely different city, entirely different creature. And yes, Carmel has run up a lot of debt, but as a uh, percentage of the city's income, they actually kept the debt somewhat manageable. And every, and he's beat, he's like one, one, what. Six, 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 six I think, yeah, times, six times, six seven times, which means he's had six seven opponents, and each each opponent tried to do the exact same thing. Carmel's debt, blah 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 We're going to hell in the handbasket, but apparently the people like it. I, I will never forget. I once thing was John Esaturo, who's like a Carmel council member or, or, or county council member at the time. This was back in 2011. I think it was. Put up a put a, he put up an ad. Basically, it was Hosni Mubarak, Muammar Gaddafi, and Jim Brainerd. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was like, "What the blank? Are you thinking?" He's like, "Well, we're trying to do a trying to make a point about the brain as a dictator." I'm like, what the <laughs> hell, really? And I, I will never ever forgive him because I know who did the ad, and I kind of took him to task privately afterwards. Like, dude, what the blank are you guys doing? This, this, is it. and Jim Brainerd still.
0: Well, and so, the, so here's my deal with Brainerd, and I think my primary deal, because if you want to live in Carmel and you like that and you like that stuff, God bless you, uh, mobility is the right, at least still for now, of almost every American, and you can come and go as you please. My issue with Brainerd is he did stuff or oversaw stuff or appointed people who oversaw stuff with his redevelopment commission that ended up screwing the entire state, including municipalities, who were doing it absolutely the right way, like we were in the town that I live in, Brownsburg, and it he his fast and loose with the rules ended up hurting a whole bunch of people, and so I will forever hold a grudge against him for that because he screwed a lot of people because of that Carmel Redevelopment Commission.
1: My only issue uh, with, with with my friends who in Carmel, uh, actually, uh, it's not so much their debt per se; it is the fact that when uh, when, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the state collects the county option income tax, it goes back to the county that you reside in, not the county where it's earned. Yeah. And so I've always argued, you know, I pay taxes in Illinois and I pay tax in Indiana. I mean, Illinois taxes don't go to Indiana and vice versa. They stay in the state where I earn the money. And I've always argued that that's what Indiana should do because it would solve a bunch of uh, city municipality problems. However, because Carmel's run up so much debt, they need that county option income tax. A lot of people work in Carmel. Living in karma, work in Indianapolis right. proper, right? It's a,
0: it's a suburb. Which is, it is, a, that is an interesting point because if you think about where you, sp- I mean, it's an, op- an interesting point of conversation. I'm not saying 100% agree with you. I don't know. That'd be, we should have that debate someday on the air or get some people in here to talk about that because I probably spend more or use more services in Indianapolis in terms of roads, bridges, etc. because this is where I work so that is an interesting conversation in terms of actual service used. Maybe I use more in Indianapolis, Marion County, than I do in Hendricks County, where I live.
1: Yeah, because that's, that's always been my thing about the county option income tax. And, and you're right, we can get our friends from uh, AIM, uh, Accelerate Indiana Municipalities, uh, and, and some other folks, uh, the Indiana Fiscal Policy Institute, in studio to talk about it. Because it actually is – it's actually – it's a it's – a, it's a quote unquote. It's a dry discussion, but it's actually a very important discussion because we talk about because you know you work in local government. Yeah. When, when we talk about local government and finance and how you pay for everything, and nobody wants their taxes raised. Okay, fine, I get that. Uh, however, you you, you got to do something.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and and you know uh, we said this on the air uh, earlier this week as we were putting a podcast together here on Thursday for State House happenings. I would not want to live in Carmel. That is not for me. The uber tight. Zoning restrictions and that sort of stuff. And I don't think government should be funding palladiums or reflexive pools or hotels. But I also, so Brainerd's not my guy, but I like people in this business, what we do that are conversation starters. And he is certainly, as we're having one now, been for many years, a conversation starter about what is the role of local government. And there's no doubt that he has been a, Uh, controversial figure because there's a lot of people, obviously, based on the fact that Carmel has more than 100,000 residents who like government being involved in everything and funding hotels and reflexive pools and palladiums, and there's a lot of people who don't want to be anywhere near it. So he's a conversation center. I like that in this business.
1: And Carmel, for me, is a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't necessarily want to live there.
0: Yeah, that'd be, uh, stuff's expensive there. I mean, We're not I, really exp- expensive. Well, you are. If someone else is picking up the tab. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, I mean, technically, my wife and I could live. We could, we, we could almost live anywhere. But we, we, we like where we are. Well, my wife likes where we are. I'd rather be back in the more media closer to the, to the radio station down here. But that's a whole other conversation for another time. But once again, uh, with, with with jobs and economic development these days, it's no longer roads and bridges and infrastructure that get you that get you the big the big companies. It's that, and 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 the talent's more quality of life issues. As as uh my friends at, uh. The news, uh, Aim wrote, "It's not your grandfather's. It's not your grandfather's economic development anymore. Right. People decide where they want to live, and then they go find the jobs that go there. So, the, so the roads, the bike trails, the parks, and all, and all those amenities you, you got to have if you want to compete for talent."
0: Rob Kendall, Abdul Akim Shabazz program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, so our old buddy, the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, is now on the airwaves. I have seen the ads running on the streaming services from which I subscribe. Uh, I had no idea Todd
1: Young was a Marine. Uh,
0: well, I was going to ask you because, okay, now I, I'm going to I'm going to bank on you giving me a rare act of honesty about your establishment <laughs> friends. Hey, I'm,
1: o- I'm always honest. I'll only answer the question that you ask.
0: Uh, in 2016, Todd Young uh, ran against Marlon Stutzman. He was running against Eric Holcomb until magically Eric Holcomb, despite being last, dead last, distant last in a three-way Senate primary, was the most qualified person in the entire state to be lieutenant governor. It's amazing how that worked out. Uh, but he was ran against Marlon Stutzman and ran ads ad nauseum saying that he was a Marine. And I thought we had moved past that when you've been in a United, you had been a United States Senator for six years, then maybe we would talk about our voting record in the new ads that were running. But the first ads, at least the ones that I saw that were out, it was once again, back to the exhausting, I'm a Marine every three seconds. Shouldn't you, after six years, be able to talk about something else other than you were once upon a time in the Marines? Now, if
1: he's still doing this uh, in three, four weeks, I'll agree with you, but once again, so uh, in, your, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your first ads, what you try to do is sort of reintroduce yourself, you know, to the audience of the public. Because not everybody – people know you're a senator, but they may not know anything about your background or, or your voting record or, or whatever it is that, that you've done. So the first ad sort of reintroducing himself to the public, I get it. Now, if he's still doing it, you know, two, three weeks from now, we got a problem.
0: Okay. But in How's high that for an honest sc- Well, that's a nice little spin. I hope you don't get dizzy on that one. It was got closer than I anticipated, but – I worked at Arby's at, my head. Uh, Yeah, <laughs> I worked at Arby's in high school which is about the same distance between actually Todd Young's I think was even further back oh yeah it was further back than when Todd Young was a Marine would I be running an ad talking about something I did 20 years ago in high school? Actually actually yes
1: because you say early on Rob Kendall earned the value of hard work oh, as a high school I student see. he worked at Arby's after school Yeah. then later on he went to college at IUPUI and got his degree he didn't borrow any money he paid off his student loan debt and that's because Because Rob Kendall believed that we should pay our own way, we should help each other, we should try to be responsible for ourselves. And that's the type of person you want. I'm Rob Kendall, I approve this message.
0: Boys, if I ever run for anything (laughs) again, I'm hiring you mostly so you won't work against me. Uh... But it, okay, but it is exhausting, right? And you see people comment about it. He don't care, though, apparently. I mean, hit to him, it's like, I will exhaust you to no end because I am not talking about my voting record.
1: That's weak. Well, I, I think he will probably talk about his voting record, like I said, in two, three weeks as, we, as the campaign gets a little bit closer. But like I said, the, the first ad, either, you're introdu- you're either, either you are introducing yourself uh, to the public or you're reintroducing yourself to the public.
0: The Democrat Tom McDermott put out that poll. We spent almost well, we spent much of an enti- uh, much of a show a couple weeks ago talking about it, which he didn't include James Siniak, the Libertarian. Is he is he for a guy who had all the momentum on his side? I ain't seen or heard nothing from this guy since then.
1: Well, Tom is actually uh, doing a lot of stuff on social media these days because actually that's where a lot of the population is, and as people sort of move away from, from broadcast television and broadcast radio more toward the streaming services and online, that's where you're gonna see a lot of the McDermott stuff. Uh, because Tom is on TikTok like every other day. And I don't even have TikTok, but I get I get the, the Reels function on, on my Facebook page. And so I'll occasionally see elected officials, you know, doing their TikTok, you know, thing. And so that's what Tom's been doing uh, for the past month or so.
0: Okay, this is an interesting question, and maybe we'll save it for next week because we're running short on time today, which is which is the be- What is the best approach to – I think we will address that next week. What is the best way, pending some sort of breaking news that we've got to cover, what is the best way to reach people in the modern era? Because I think that is a fascinating thing that a lot of people are struggling with.
1: Um, yeah, no, we, yeah, we definitely have the discussion. I think uh, it is targeted cable, television ads, because you, you want people who are going to vote. I mean, trying to convince somebody who doesn't vote, no offense, you don't vote, don't yeah. care what you think.
0: All right. We will do that next week. Give people something to look forward to. In the meantime, thank you as always, my friend. Great job. Hey, this show went by fast. Thank you. Freedomfoodsindiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. Freedomfoodsindiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love freedomfoodsindiana.com, and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, abdul Shabazz. The program is Statehouse Happenings. Your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget, you can find Abdul on Twitter at Abdul At Abdul, And be sure to bookmark his very fabulous website, IndyPolitics.org. IndiePolitics.org. While you're there, get yourself a cheat sheet subscription. It is the best $50 you'll spend all year. And also, you can hear Abdul most Saturdays, 1 to 3, Abdul at Large on 93.1 WIBC. Me, I'm on Twitter, at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays 9 until noon, weekdays 9 until noon, The Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Abdulakim Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.